Y'all know what time it is. Every Monday we go live on this thing called YouTube around 12 p.m. Eastern time, sometimes 11.24, sometimes 1.49. But today, today we're crispy. The camera's crispy. The time is crispy. Ooh, my hood is crispy. It's it's cold out here in New York, man. You know what's you know what pisses me off when I was thinking about this today? Like I live in New York and I talk about it often, and then people are always, you know, being like, why do you live in New York? It's expensive or whatever. And every time, like, you can't complain about it being cold in New York without people getting upset. Because that's like people's chance to be like really proud. It's like, I live in Chicago, I live in wherever it is and like it's not cold in new york that's a normal fucking september day for us here's the thing here's the thing nobody in new york city has a fucking car so while y'all might live in chicago indiana wherever it's green bay wisconsin wherever that white shit's falling from the sky and y'all complaining that it's colder over there You guys leave the house to get to your car, which is probably already heated up to drive to your job. The thing about New York is you still do the same shit in the winter that you did in the summer. I'm still walking like 25 minutes a day to the subway, out of the subway, to this place, to that place. The lifestyle doesn't change. So I would say we endure more cold than y'all motherfuckers. I'm not sure why... I'm not sure why I'm yelling about that right now. I'm here to yell about the week 15 games, though, to recap everything that happened in the NFL. Game by game, highlights, biggest takeaways for fantasy, the storylines, and, man, did we have a lot of them. This was one of the more um, – this was probably, like, the funnest week of football I feel like we've had this year. This was an insane week. A lot of fun games, a lot of huge performances, just good – just good – old-fashioned family fun this week we're two minutes in let me hit you with some knowledge this shit right here is insanity i don't know if you're following us on tiktok but i've hit like nine straight squares on on prize picks and this one right here lazard and christian watson they play against la tonight these two wide receivers have played together in eight games this year They've both been on the field for eight games this year with Aaron Rodgers. I want y'all to guess in the chat. Hopefully you don't follow me on Twitter. Hopefully you do, I guess. But hopefully you didn't see the tweet that I twatted out this morning. Among the eight games that they played this year, how many times do you think these two have combined to score a touchdown in those eight games? I'll break the ice for you. The ice that only forms in New York. Nowhere else. Eight games. That was the answer, not me reiterating the question. These two have combined to score a touchdown in every single game that they've stepped foot on the field together in. And they probably average almost two per game because Christian Watson scores like five touchdowns a game. They've played eight games together, and they have scored in every single game that they've played together. I don't see it stopping now because passing touchdowns basically only go to these two. And some rushing touchdowns go to Christian Watson. That's the other wild card here. So go nail this go nail this square. It's free. 
it's free for you. I mean, it's not actually free, but it might as well be free because if you use promo code BDGE to sign up, if you're a first-time depositor, they're going to hit you with a 100% deposit match. So in your head, you were like, damn, I'm, I'm going to put $10 on this. Guess what? It's free because you still got $10 afterwards because they just doubled whatever you threw down onto the app. So I love this square. Lazard, Watson, they need one touchdown between the two of them, rushing, receiving. Shit don't matter. It don't matter. What's up, baby? How we doing, everybody? Chill with the Brock Purdy hate. I don't, man, listen. I got nothing against Brock Purdy. You know what happens is, like, we're in the office, and uh, this is my personality type. Like, if I could, if I find a way that I can get under your skin, like, it's it's Vince Carter with it. You know, it's over. If I know you like somebody, even if I know you're right, I'm still, like, a, the biggest hater for no reason. And Tony's a San Francisco 49ers fan. He loves Brock Purdy. So I'm waiting for his downfall. I'm waiting for that one big game for Purdy to fall off. And I'm I'm diving in them cheeks. Pause. You know what it is, though. All right, let's get into the games because we have a lot of them. Just got my Wizdies removed them high as fuck. That's what's up. Keep commenting, please. I would love to uh I would love to document your thought process as we're going through these. We ready? Let's start with the Saturday games. We have the Colts and the Vikings, the single biggest comeback in NFL history. 33-0 at halftime. Biggest takeaways here, Jonathan Taylor goes down, ankle injury, no reason for them to fire him bike up for the rest of the season. Zach Moss took his place. Here's uh, the way I'm kind of looking at this. Zach Moss goes 24 for 81. So obviously super involved. They were up 33 points, want to get the running backs involved and kind of like hammer out the rest of the game. He'll be their early down grinder, but I do expect this to be a committee for sure between him and Deion Jackson. And we know Deion Jackson is probably the preferred pass catching back here. So while Moss like had a little bit more smoke going to him this game, he had the sauce in terms of touches. Rest of season, to be completely honest with you, I'd probably rather have Deion Jackson because I think he'll get more valuable touches. So they're both going to be waiver wire pickups. Uh, it's the Colts, though. Their offense absolutely stinks. The only reason that they were up so big is because they had a couple defensive scores, special team scores, whatever. Um, otherwise, a travesty. I actually wait. Low-key story time. So we were watching the game. And, sorry, this video is going to be like an hour and a half, and if everyone's already pissed off already, fuck it. So we were in here Saturday watching the games. It's me, Tony, um, Jack. If you guys know Jack Settleman, me and him do the podcast, Big Content, together. We had just finished filming Big Content. This was right after Cue and Assault on Saturday. And we're watching the Colts-Vikings game. And um, and I think they had just come out of halftime. And I want to say Vikings put up points for – oh, no, I think – wait, did the Colts go up 36? Whatever it was. I, I was on FanDuel looking at the live game because I was like, the Colts are not a team that steps on people's necks. You know, there's no way that they're going to close this out because they're going to try to run the ball and run the ball and run the ball, and Matt Ryan's not a closer. Fuck them. So I put a bet down on FanDuel. One, I took the Vikings plus 21.5 for the game for in the second half. Easy money. But I took the Vikings' money line when they were at plus 2,000. Plus 2,000. I put $10 down, 20 to one it, right? I would have won $200. I put $10 down on the Vikings. And Jack the whole time is just chirping. He's like, that's wasted money. That's wasted money. This is so stupid. This is so stupid. You know, no shot. You cash that. 
as the game keeps going, the Vikings keep scoring and FanDuel lets you cash out on the app, right? Like you make a bet, whatever. If it's looking really good for you, you could take a cash out, which is usually like they'll let you secure like 70, 70% of the profits of what you would have won if you continue to let the bet roll. But, you know, that's it's a give and take risk reward here. And he keeps saying like, dude, cash out, cash out. It gets up to like, I put $10 down, $15, $25, $35, $50 cash out. He's like, dude, just cash out. You're going to win $0 if you don't. He kept saying that. I'm like, you're a mush. We're fading the fuck out of you. So the game keeps going, and I'm feeling really good about it. But I'm basically just just going off of Jack's vibes because I know he's the anti um, – he's just an anti-winner when it comes to bets. Goes down to like two minutes left in the game. The Vikings just turn the ball over, and it's like, all right, Colts get one first down, we win. I can't. Jack was like, now you got to roll the dice. Now you got to let this thing play out. As soon as he said that, I cashed out. Soon as he said it, I faded him into fucking oblivion and uh, and took that L. So did anybody else take the money line? Because I know Animal hit plus 1,700 on it. I took it at plus 2,000. Complete vibes bet. Ended up, ended up fucking catching him, but took the L in the process. Missed out on 200 there, but I did, I did hit the, uh, I did hit them plus 21 and a half second half. All right, back to the game. Cook, great game. Osborne, great game. Justin Jefferson, obviously, just fucking animal. The only takeaway here is they threw the ball 54 times. They were in comeback mode. KJ Osborne, is he for real? No, he does this, you know, once every like seven weeks, he has a big game. So, I mean, I guess you could do worse because the Vikings defense is pretty atrocious and they let up a lot of points and they have to throw the ball a lot typically. So, I don't know, deep league, flex play, whatever, but I'm not overly excited about him whatsoever. No one else you could trust on the cold side of things. Besides, I mean, Pittman gets a lot of targets, but they're always like Matt Ryan consistently averages 5.5 yards per attempt. Ravens, Browns, Lamar Jackson out for this one. I think the biggest takeaway here is that you, you just can't trust anyone in the passing game if Lamar Jackson's not on the field. And even if he is, I don't know who he could trust. Marcus Robinson had a nice little ting with him. Andrews obviously has been up and down, but Andrews is absolutely sittable. Um, especially if Lamar Jackson is out next week. Cause I don't think he practiced a single. Oh shit. You guys are not on the screen. Ravens Browns. Um, I don't think Lamar Jackson practiced at all last week, which tells me he's probably on the wrong side of 50, 50 to play this week. And you know, Huntley's been terrible. So Dobbins goes crazy. 13 for 125 on the ground. You keep firing him up. I believe they play us next week. The Falcons. Let me just confirm that right quick. Yep, so another fucking prime, primo matchup for Dobbins. You're starting him. Doesn't catch passes. Uh, sometimes don't get in the end zone like this one. So a little bit over underwhelming in terms of fantasy points relative to how good he was. But he's getting stronger and stronger. He is going to be one of my favorite like long-term investments. We're talking about like on the Mojo app. I don't know if you guys have still not downloaded that shit, but that's a, that's a travesty if not. Can we zoom out? Thank you, please. Um He's going to continue climbing. He's going to be one of my most owned drafted players next year for sure. We always like guys two years removed from the ACL, not one year removed. And now he's finally shown like that four week absence that he had prior to these couple games he came back for was, had nothing to do with him re-injuring or, or having a setback. He just didn't feel like himself. And that's what happens with these ACL tears. You come back too quickly and you're just not there 100% mentally and physically. And good on him for being like, oh, we got a step bike. Let me take a little more break. Let me get my legs under me. Let me come back stronger than ever. And he has absolutely done that. Next year, he's going to be a monster in this backfield. So if you have not checked out the Mojo app, please go do so. Uh, you can only play in New Jersey, but you could download the app everywhere, which is pretty cool. And you can see the prices, the lifetime prices of all of these dudes. J.K. Dobbins, as you could see, 
on the Roy's. Roy's up. Uh, Dobbins, yeah, 13 for 125. You're playing him against the Falcons next week. On the flippo, um, what can we take away? I'm not surprised that anyone struggled on the ground here because the Ravens' run defense is great. Um, Deshaun Watson continues to kind of struggle. He'll continue to struggle to get his legs under him because they have such a grueling slate of games towards the end of the season. So he's he's like, you know, he's he's not a guy that you put into your lineup right away for sure. He'll probably be around the QB 15 to 18 markish, and there's definitely guys you could start over him. Mark Cooper, another kind of disappointing game. He's getting he's getting the targets. He's getting the volume, but he's just not producing. I think once Deshaun Watson puts it together, Cooper's big game will follow. Dolphins, Bills. This is a good one. Wilson inactive. Um, well, first off, the reports of those of the weather was just so over exaggerated. Like, yes, it was cold, but nothing else there. Two of throws for 234 and two tugs. Biggest story here for me is Raheem Mostert, 17 for 136, adds 20 through the air as well. Waddle leaves the game for a bit, comes back in, but him and uh, him and Hill both really eat in this one. Both big fantasy performances, nothing new here. Jeff Wilson was out for this one, but Raheem Mostert, you can continue to start as like a top 15-ish guy. He is, he is the guy in this backfield, and they're a team that obviously scores a lot. Good to see him get back on track a little bit in terms of the Miami offense. Masterful performance by Josh Allen. Four touchdowns, 300 yards to the air, another 77 on the ground. Uh, Diggs continues to kind of lack that upside, unfortunately. Hasn't had a real explosive game in a while. Doesn't mean it's not coming, but um, yeah, Dawson Knox has had some good games too. I feel like Dawson Knox is kind of like a solidified, really, really nice top 10 option at tight end. Other than this, Davis has become extremely difficult to trust. He catches like no more than four balls ever and very rarely actually has the big play games that we kind of drafted him in the beginning of the year too. James Cook really uh, got excited about him you know, a few weeks ago, but has really been disappointing since in terms of, like, involvement. He did get in the end zone, but, I mean, three targets, five receiving yards, um, only five carries in this one. So, hard to say he's got a ton of upside going down the stretch, but you hold on to him. Eagles-Bears, man. If your dynasty team is sitting here with, like, Hurts and Justin Fields right now, sheesh. I think someone did. I think Jack actually said his dynasty team had these two quarterbacks. Biggest takeaways, um... Brown, awesome. Devontae Smith, awesome. Like, Jalen Hurts at 315 passing yards. These two combined for 307 receiving yards. I'm interested to see how this offense starts to operate in terms of, like, more more so for Devontae Smith if uh, if and when Dallas Goddard comes back, which I think should be next week. But Smith and Brown are just so fucking good as a combo, man. Can't wait to see how Hurts just continues to progress. Guy go, throws zero passing touchdowns, two interceptions, and still probably winds up as like the QB two or three on the on the week because he had three rushing touchdowns. Really close to breaking Cam Newton's rushing touchdown record of I think he's got thirteen on the year, and Cam Newton set it with fourteen. Um, Miles Sanders, another like up and down game. He either goes crazy for you or he has games like this where doesn't get enough carries, doesn't break a big play, um, splits carries on the goal line, doesn't catch passes, so. Hate to see it. On the flip both side, uh, Fields, 95 yards on the ground, 152 and two through the air. They are they're really fucking hurting at um at the wide receiver position because they're already down Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool not playing, Equinemia St. Brown left with a concussion. 
So he is doing this with absolutely no weapons. I think whatever Cole Komet's receiving line is on prize picks is probably just too low week in and week out. Only had five targets, but that was uh, like 24% of the targets in this offense, and I think he's going to continue to catch a ton of balls. Not always big plays, but he'll continue to do it because these wide receivers are dead. Uh, David Montgomery gets in twice. This is like what we come to expect with David Montgomery in December, man. I had a lot of sit-star questions with Montgomery, and I think I pretty much told everyone to start him. I didn't feel great about it because the Eagles' run defense is it's good, but it's not like super scary. It ain't spooky season with him. But uh, Montgomery gets in twice, man. And down the stretch, he just continues the ball. Although Khalil Herbert is, I believe, coming back next week. So I don't expect him to just slot back into like the role that he had pre-injury because typically multi-week absences lead to less volume, less touches, all that kind of stuff in the first game back at least. But he's a great running back. So with Justin Fields a little bit banged up, he left the game with cramps, I believe, but nothing serious to be concerned about. Uh, with lack of weapons, I, I assume they're just going to continue to pound the rock. So Khalil Herbert will probably be a part of their game plan down the stretch. Falcon Saints, man. Desmond Ritter, oh, 3.7 yards per attempt, his first start, and that shit fucking showed. That absolutely showed. He the game was moving in super hyper speed. Not a not a great performance. If we're if I'm a Falcons fan, which I am, I'm I'm not feeling good about that. Uh very rarely made plays that made me feel like, okay, you know, he's got something there. Did get did go for 38 on the ground, but the, the, the biggest beneficiary of the ground game this week was Mr. Tyler Algier. Did we find our guy for the future? Uh, Caleb Huntley got hurt. Here's what I'll say. Like, we were very, very clearly riding a three-back committee. Caleb Huntley goes down. It gets centralized to two backs now. Tyler Algier, 17 for 139, and a touchdown. Broke off a 43-yard run. Cordell Patterson also got into the end zone. Um, Tyler Algier had one target. Didn't do anything with it. Same thing with Correll Patterson. Uh, had one catch, three targets. But I, I just, I, I'm not ready to trust Tyler Algier as the guy. I'm not ready because they've got, they've just flip flopped. They bounced back and forth, week in and week out. I, I, I guess I would rather take Tyler Algier rest of season. But I'm really not confident as either of these guys more than like when I do my rankings next week. Uh, the Falcons play the Ravens, really tough run defense. Wouldn't be surprised if I had both of them ranked outside of my top 24. So with with Huntley probably out, like I guess it gets a little bit more enticing, but I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if Cordell has one more carry than Algier does next week. He's the one that gets into the end zone. Not overly excited about. I, I like the performance. I feel, you know, I feel good that we have a rookie running back that just popped off 140 yards, but I don't know. Uh, where are you guys at with Tyler Algier? Are you investing long-term? I, I mean, I like him. I think he's going to be a key piece for us like going forward in the future. Mojo obviously likes him. He fucking rose uh, 28% in his share price over the last week or so. Obviously, a big performance like this is going to do that for you. I wouldn't be surprised if we drafted a running back in the draft this, this offseason along with a quarterback. So, you know, this offense is clearly just not it. We have Drake London, 7 for 70, 11 targets. Huge target share there. Uh, 11 targets on the 26 throws. But this is the kind of upside it lacks. Like, Nice PPR play, of course, but 70 yards on 11 targets is, is is not great. He's clearly like the number one for Ritter, and he'll probably be that going forward. But he's he's a, he's a wide receiver three tops. On the Flippo side, um, another dude that I'm fucking excited about for the future. We'll jump right down to Rashid Shahid. This dude is explosive as fuck. 
He is so fast. And this Saints receiving group is a group that's so young and so unproven right now. This is what happens when you go into a year where you don't really know what you are as a position group. This happens all the time in the NFL, not just like skill players and fantasy wise, D backs, linebackers, whatever. This is how players emerge. And Rashid Shahid is one of like the more surprising guys that the Saints are probably really excited about for the future of this dude who could be a wide receiver three for them going forward, man. Um, three for 95 and a touchdown catches the long fucking dart from Taysom Hill that he put absolutely on a rope for him. He's explosive, and Chris Olave has not really been that downfield guy for them. He's a possession guy, but he just continues to finish games with like 50 to 60, 70-ish yards, week in and week out. Very rarely has that long play in him, has done it like once or twice this year. But more often than not, Shahid is the guy downfield, and I, Michael Thomas is not going to be a part of this offense next year. They, they've got nothing really going for them outside of these two guys. So Shahid's a dude that I, I really think, you know, sprinkling on some pennies, Talking about penny stocks here on Mojo. Uh, she's a dude I, I would like to have in my portfolio, uh, portfolio a little bit. Alvin Kamara, what the fuck's going on with him? Starting to get the touches. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 21 carries, 91 yards, but does not get the dump off. It's only two targets, which is, you know, what he's been able to do throughout his career so well is is make something out of nothing in the receiving games. You know, give me 40, 50 yards on the ground. I don't care, but give me seven targets. He'll turn that into 50, 60 yards, usually a touchdown. We've just seen so many bad games in a row. So the vibe check on Kamara long term, not great. We've got a lot of money locked into him, but he's also got that looming possible suspension, the court case this offseason. So for next year, I don't know, but it's not like they've got an air behind them. It's not like they've got someone else that they could trust in the backfield. So don't be surprised if they hit the draft as well um, at the running back position next year. Lions, Jets. Takeaway here, uh, the backfield continues to be a three-way committee. Jamal Williams just didn't get into the end zone on his one you know, opportunity. Uh, DeAndre Swift involved, but not enough to get me like super confident about him going forward. Literally nothing to take away here. I'm on Ross St. Brown has the exact same stat line every week. It's insane. Seven for 76. 80% of his games have been seven for 76 stat lines. I'm pretty sure. Keep starting him every single week. On the flip side, Zach Wilson got his first start in a minute because Mike White was hurt. Uh, Garrett Wilson just continues to be pretty much quarterback proof. So that's fucking fantastic to see if you own him in Dynasty. You start him down the stretch no matter what in your redraft leagues as well because he's just been so good. This was a, a very easy flop performance to see coming from the running backs here. Zonovan Knight, who's been really, really good, goes 13 for 23 on the ground. But Detroit's run defense has literally been the best in the NFL. Been trying to tell you all that for weeks now. We're not starting players against them anymore. Elite players have struggled against them. 
mid players like Zonovan Knight have struggled against them. They just don't let up production on the ground. So let this be your last fucking reminder. All right. Stop starting running backs against the Detroit Lions. I don't know what they're doing, but they're doing it well. They're doing it and doing it well. What else? Elijah Moore, seven targets, four for 51. Not a great performance, but, you know, seven targets, second on the team. Zach Wilson will likely get another start, I believe. Uh, they play on Thursday night against the Jaguars. So I think you could probably do worse than Moore. You're definitely looking for a lot of luck, though, if you want to pop off with, with Elijah Moore in your lineup. I would play Zonovan Knight against the Jaguars on Thursday night, but not as like a I, – I would expect a, a low-end RB2 flex performance from Zonovan Knight. Garrett Wilson, you're obviously firing up for that game. Also, uh, some of y'all that might not be following like the schedule, Christmas Day is this upcoming Sunday, so a week from yesterday. Basically, the way the schedule is working for this upcoming weekend is what they just did this previous weekend, flip the days. So we've got a Thursday night game, and we just had three Saturday games. Now we're having three Sunday games, and the entire Sunday slate will be flipped to Saturday. So we've got like... 10 games, like one Thursday night, 10 or 11 games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and then your Monday night football game. So keep that in mind as you're operating this week. Yeah, Steelers, Panthers, man. Tough scene for anyone that attaches their entire brand, personal brand to the Panthers being a really good team. Tony and Animal, if you're out there listening. Um, people were telling me that Steve Wilkes was like a miracle worker out here, really flipping this team around. Turns out that was a fucking lie. That's what happens when Sam Darnold is your quarterback. But Mitch Krabisky was the quarterback for the Steelers. And um, and this is probably like the least surprising box score of any Steelers game. So Trubisky stunk. But when you look at the running backs, Najee Harris has been, uh, I don't want to say great, but since he's got that plate removed from his foot, he's been another running back. He has been a different type of running back. I also think the other big thing to really, really consider here is since TJ Watt has come back, this defense is obviously 8,000 times better. When your defense is good, it makes the offensive scheme way fucking simpler. You're not working from your 15-yard line every drive anymore. So I think that plays a lot of factor into it. Like the plate coming out as well as T.J. Watt coming back were around the same time, and that's exactly when we saw Harris kind of popping off next, uh, popping off in fantasy. So he goes 24 for 86 on the ground plus a touchdown, does not catch a single pass. Jalen Warren factors in a pretty heavy amount, 11 for 38, scores a touchdown on the ground. He does have the one running back target here, catches it for 11 yards. I think this will be the split that we see going forward. I mean, they ran the ball 45 times, 45 times they ran the ball, only threw it 22 times. So that that should really tell you, you know, how they see this game playing out. Just Trubisky got another start. I'm not actually sure what the status is on him. Let me check. I don't know if we have that status, but check bike on it. Um, as far as the receivers, this is what when when Trubisky's on the field, he overindulges in Deontay Johnson. Pause. Ten for ninety-eight on ten targets. This these are like the high volume games that Deontay Johnson gets when Trubisky's on the field. So if Trubisky's starting next week, I would play Deontay Johnson again. I don't think you can play anybody else. 
On the flip side, the running backs were terrible in this. DJ Moore finally has another good game. So DJ Moore is kind of putting together a few good games. I mean, I'm sure he'll flop soon. So as soon as you start getting comfortable with him, they do play the Lions. So he's obviously in your lineup. And I think that's the only Carolina Panther player that you could actually start. Because remember, running backs, we don't play against the Lions. Cowboys, Jags, what a fucking game. What a game. Um, no real takeaways from the Cowboys side. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, Pollard, Zeke, both getting it done. Prescott getting it done. CeeDee Lamb getting it done. On the Jacksonville side of things, good to see uh, Travis Etienne getting some work in 127 yards from scrimmage. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence continues to progress, continues to be a real NFL quarterback. You love to see it. I was listening to, I think, the Underdog Recap podcast today, and they were talking about how early, or maybe, I don't remember what podcast it was, but they were talking about, like, what, where, we, where are you drafting Trevor Lawrence next year? in terms of QB rankings. And they were talking about like Trevor Lawrence is probably going to be in that Joe Burrow tier. And I, I think, I think that's probably correct. He's one of those guys that you obviously want, like, even if there's a little bit of skepticism saying like, Oh, he's not in that tier yet, but you want to draft him before he gets there. Cause that's like the breakout tier. That makes some sense. Cause he continues to string together these types of performances. He has bad games, but he's had a lot more really good games over the, over the last half of the year than he has bad games. And he also, you know, like quietly continues to add, games like this where it's an extra 21 yards on the ground, which, you know, kind of separates when QB score so similarly to each other on a week to week basis. That's, that's sort of the difference between, you know, QB 14 and QB nine or QB seven on the week is those 2.1 points per game. Um, what else do we go out here? Zay Jones goes crazy. Six for one Oh nine, three tuggers, man. Zay Jones. He was like my third, most drafted uh, best ball wide receiver this week. So that was sexy to see. Hopefully I'll actually win money this year on those. Uh, but Zay Jones and, and Christian Kirk, man, they're, they're a really good duo. They're a really good duo that you could start both of them week in and week out with the way that Trevor Lawrence has been playing. They play the Jets next week, which is a very tough matchup, of course, through the air. Um, but then the Texans and the Titans after that. Uh, most people don't play until week 18, but the Texans is a juicy fucking week 17 schedule. Chiefs, te uh, Texans, can talking about the Texans. Uh, let's see. We were super high on McKinnon going into this week, and that paid off. He ended up scoring two touchdowns, another 120 yards, eight catches, like just an unbelievable performance from this dude. We just keep seeing him getting it done down the stretch. He did basically the same thing last year, getting a ton of touches. They, they just so clearly trust him, man. He is going to be – when the Chiefs, I nailed the second half lines on everything in the Chiefs game because I was like, man, they're going to go crazy in the second half. They're going to throw the ball 100 times. The fact that the Texans were in this game was like the Seahawks. This is going to be beautiful to throw money down on. They're going to pass the ball a lot. They're probably going to have to score a lot. Um, this is a game you hit the overs on. This is a game, whatever Jarek McKinnon's fantasy point totals are, you hit the over. Mahomes' passing yardage, you hit the over. This is like primetime matchup for them to, to go bonkers with it. Checo, 15 carries, 86 yards. So he did well, but like not getting it done fantasy-wise unless he gets into the end zone, unfortunately. He did lose a fumble as well, and that kind of uh, stripped him out of the game for a little bit, but he did return the second half, go crazy. Nothing else here, 10 for 105, 10 for 88 for Kelsey and Juju Smith-Schuster, respectively. Um, it's, pretty, it's a pretty funneled offense as it is right now. For the Texans... Um, Okay, so we didn't know what was going to happen at running back with, with Damian Pierce kind of out for the foreseeable future, and we thought it was going to be Rex Burkhead. Maybe it was Daria Ngumbawale, but it turns out to be Royce fucking Freeman back from the dead. 11 carries, 51 yards. 
am I grabbing him on the waiver wire? I mean, I guess, but there's almost no chance I start him in, my, in this lineup, dude. Clear running back by committee. Burkhead leads the backfield in targets. Freeman gets 11 carries, but Dari and Gumbawale gets eight carries. Um, so nothing like clear. He just happened to be the one was, that was efficient on his carry. So I don't think there's anything getting overly excited about. Chris Moore, though, I think Cooks is probably done for the year. If Cooks and Nico Collins are both out week over week, I don't know what Nico Collins' status is, but they haven't been practicing at all. So it kind of feels like, again, Collins is probably on the wrong side of 50-50, but nine targets for – stop, sexy. Don't be texting me during the stream. You're throwing me off balance. There you go. Sexual Patrick secured a uh, an apartment in Jersey City. That's cute. If anyone in the office is listening to this, stop texting in the group because it keeps dinging on my my computer. Uh, Chris Moore, nine targets. Yes, he's he's a dude that I, I feel pretty confident. I know it didn't work out for him. He only caught four for forty two, but that type of volume is crazy. Nine targets on 29 or 28 quarterback pass attempts is, you know, 30. I think, I think he's had nearly a 40% target share over the last two weeks. He is the clear number one. He's the, he's the only guy with juice in this receiving core. So um, more despite the down game is someone I'm still targeting on the waiver wire. If he's available Cardinals Broncos, Colt McCoy left with a concussion, which left the rest of the sir, which left the rest of the receiving group in an absolute Pickle over here. DeAndre Hopkins kind of gets it done. Flop game from Brown. If Colt McCoy misses next game with a concussion, you can't start anyone besides D-Hop. Continue to start James Conner because he's getting so much work in that backfield. On the flip side, we got the Broncos. They let rip rip. Jerry Judy continues to eat with Cortland Sutton out, so he's the only receiver you can trust over there. Flop game for Greg Dolchich, unfortunately, because the Cardinals are so generous to fantasy tight ends, but that's just the rookie tight end roller coaster you're going to ride if you're trying to start him. Tavis Murray goes fucking crazy. Fucking crazy. 24 carries, 130 yards, one touchdown, one catch, 12 yards. Um, Yeah, I moved him up in my rankings like right before kickoff pretty significantly, but not not anywhere near high enough. He they're just they're just set on riding his ass um, to Broncos country. You know, let's fucking ride the Rams next week. Tough matchup. But if Aaron Donald continues to miss time, then not as tough. I mean, you fire him up because of like who else is getting this type of workload? You know, it's like Najee Harris, Derrick Henry, Latavius Murray. The, the Hall of Fame trio we all asked for. And that's really it. Pats Raiders. What are you like? I don't even really want to talk about it from a football sense, but what the fuck? Uh, Mac Jones, abysmal performance. Ramondre Stevenson, goaded performance. I, this dude apparently suffers, suffers a high ankle sprain. Wasn't even expected to play. Comes out, goes 19 for 172 and a touchdown on the ground. Like, what is this? Career high, across the board. 9.1 yards per carry. Fucking insanity. I had one league that I started him in because I had to. I was forced to. So hopefully you guys started him. Now it's like I don't trust nobody out here, you know? I don't trust teams. They tell us that their best players are injured. Is that to get a, is that to get a competitive advantage? Ramondre Stevenson just stays in your fucking lineup even if he's out. If he's ruled out, he's in my lineup. I don't care. Um, But, yeah, really hard to trust anybody else on this team besides Ramondre Stevenson. On the flip side, Jacobs gets crazy work like usual. Uh, Devontae Adams' flop game does lead the team with nine targets, so that's kind of obvious. Darren Waller did have his first game bike here. 
three targets, three catches, 48 yards, had a nice touchdown grab. So you could put him back into your lineup. You know, good to see him finally back out there making plays, not looking like he's limping or not looking like he's hurt or anything like that. Uh, Matt Collins, eight targets. That dude's fingertips must be sore today. All that dude did was fucking drop passes. Holy shit. I feel like I watched 10 minutes of that game and I saw four Matt Collins drops. That dude never makes plays unless the ball is put on his helmet. Good Lord. I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I know. Whatever. Four for 40 in the touchdown. But I feel like he left 85 receiving yards on the field. I know there were kind of tough catches, but you're also like an NFL wide receiver and the ball hits you in the hands. Like, bring it in one time, my guy. One fucking time. Titans charges uh, Tannehill absolutely destroyed his ankle left on a cart, but then re-entered the game. He knew he needed to because Malik will is just, uh, he just ain't it right now. Uh, Derek Henry, 21 for one four on the ground also goes a little bit bonkers on the uh, receiving game for 59. Only real takeaway here is we need Traylon Burks back, man. We need him back fucking bad. Uh, Chiggy gets it done again, four for 54, I guess, you know, from a, Maybe a betting perspective. I don't know if like fantasy that really gets it done for you, but he continues to make himself super involved in the offense, continues to make big plays in the offense. So continue to uh, keep your eye on this guy. On the flip side, Herbert goes over 300 passing yards again, does not get in the end zone though, which was a little bit funky against this terrible Titans pass defense. Eckler leaves the game for a bit, but ends up coming back. Um, You know, nothing real to take away here. Keenan Allen eats eight for 86. Mike Williams, not eat as much as we should. I've seen him fucking clear his plate, but he gets eight targets right behind Keenan Allen. So that's, you know, this, this offense is very, very, very uh, funneled when them two are on the field together. Bengals bucks, man, the Bengals just continue to show resiliency. The bucks are up 17, nothing, but the Bengals say, fuck it. We've got Jamar Chase. We've got Tyler Boyd. We've got T. Higgins. All three of them get into the end zone. Burrow throws four touchdowns. Only throws for 200 yards, so not like a great uh, not a great passing performance. But listen, man, that, that's like the sign of a good quarterback is you just get the fucking job done. 5.1 yards per attempt, but you end up leading your team to a huge comeback victory. Y'all win by 11 points despite losing by 17 points in the first half. Um, unsurprisingly, Joe Mixon averages 1.9 yards per carry. Guy stinks. On the flip side, I mean, this was the best game that Brady's had in a minute. Same thing with his receivers. Uh, the backfield is just atrocious, man. Fournette does catch four balls, but, like, they continuously just go, like, 10 for 40 on the ground between them two. Clear running back by committee right now operating in Tampa Bay. So hard to trust any of them if you are going against a tough defense. They play the Cardinals next week, so I actually think both of them could probably be started as as RB3s, but I don't feel great about it. They play the Cardinals, they play the Panthers, play the Falcons. So if you have games in all three uh, weeks right there, you could probably start them. Um, but Rashad White really falls off in the passing game, unfortunately, where we felt like he kind of had that role wrapped up. But it just goes to the uncertainty of the game script. It goes to the uncertainty of this backfield on any given Sunday. But Mike uh, Mike Evans tops 80 yards. I guess that's cute. Godwin, 8 for 83 and a touchdown. Russell Gage does go 8 for 59 and two touchdowns. I think that was more of a product of like the Cincinnati Bengals cornerbacks kind of locking up the other two guys like you focus in on those two dudes and and gauge becomes like the open guy over the middle so he's not a dude that i'm like excited about to get into my lineup uh next week he's i mean this what is his first good game in like fucking 10 games yeah what do you want to do giants commanders my god i would not wish watching this game upon my worst fucking enemy 
Uh, Daniel Jones, 160 yards, zero anythings. Saquon, 8 for 87 and a touchdown. We were a little bit worried about him going into the game because he had been kind of shut down by the commanders and he'd been really, really just slow and ineffective over the last, last month and a half. But Saquon, vintage, 120 yards from scrimmage, gets into the end zone, love to see it, can't start anybody else on the Giants as per usual. On the Flippo side of things, uh, Robinson dominates the backfield touches, 12 for 89. Fortunately, does not get into the end zone, but does catch a pass for 18 yards, which was good. Terry, six for 70, a little bit disappointing, but the rookie, Deshaun, <coughs> Jahan Dotson, excuse me, four for 105 and a touchdown. I'm really, uh, I'm really intrigued to see how this wide receiver group plays itself out in fantasy drafts next year because Terry is obviously the one there, but Jahan Dotson, like low-key, a good rookie season, like a very, very good rookie season by most standards. Uh, he's missed a lot of time, so it's hard to hold him to it. Six touchdowns. Now, I do remember we've had we've had good wide receivers, rookie wide receivers come in and score a lot of touchdowns their rookie year and then kind of drop off the face of the earth after that. Like Anthony Miller, I remember specifically. I mean, it's happened a bunch of times over the years, but Jahan Dotson actually seems like a very good receiver coming out of college from Penn State. He was like, Really, really good route runner, really crispy, can win all over the field. And I think we're seeing a lot of glimpses of that uh, in the Washington uniform. And I want to say Curtis Samuels probably let's let's check out his contract. Don't subscribe to your fucking newsletter, my guys. So after 2022, oh, they got him on a big contract. Um so they're going to eat a decent amount of money regardless if he is on their team, but they can save about $6 million if they cut him rather than keeping him. I guess at that point you might as well keep him and whoever's your quarterback let develop a little bit. But after 2023, likely that Curtis Samuel, he gone. Because Terry's locked up. Jahan Dotson's obviously a rookie, so he's going to be there for a minute. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how this plays. I, I think Dotson will probably be the higher drafted fantasy player for most people going into next year. Good, good underrated rookie season out of him. Gibson, super disappointing. He's just kind of faded away down the stretch in favor of Mr. Brian Robinson. All right. 40 minutes. Pretty good for 200 and ga 200 games played this year. How are we doing out there? How you doing? You kind of came in at the end. We're we're finished here, Ike. All right. Uh we're gonna wrap up here. 42 minutes of brain stretching material. Go hit the button that looks like this. If you enjoyed, subscribe to the channel. If you are new here. We will be bike bright and early for the waiver wire video tomorrow. Drops around noonish Eastern time. Um, and that's it. I'm gonna go pass away. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.